time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Hey, so tonight it's DSM by DSM. So I'm not doing anything. I'm just up here to introduce our incredible communicators who are going to be sharing the word of God with us tonight. And so I'm not going to take a whole lot of time because I want to give them all their allotted time. So I want all of you to stand to your feet and I need a wild applause for our very own Courtney Matson, our first preacher tonight. My name is Courtney. I am a senior at Discovery Canyon. And I've been coming to DSM since my freshman year. And I'm a Samuels Call alumni. And I am just so honored to be speaking to all of you tonight. But I want to be real with you guys for a moment. I want to be honest with all of you. That my freshman year when I first started coming to DSM, I never even would have imagined standing up here giving a message to all of you guys, let alone doing anything on stage for that matter. See, when I was a freshman, I was very shy and introverted and very, very insecure. And that lasted until about the first semester of my junior year. You see, I was the kind of student who would be completely silent during class unless I had an answer to the teacher's question. And I was the student who would sit alone at the lunch table. And I remember sitting alone at that lunch table, and I would watch the people walk by me. And they would just kind of glance at me, turn their heads, and then go sit with their friends. And I remember thinking to myself, they have it all figured out. And I also remember asking myself, what am I missing? What am I doing wrong? Now, I wonder if any of you have ever felt that way. Like you're all alone. Like you don't know who you are. See, I didn't know who I was. Or, I wonder if any of you were like the other students sitting with their friends. Like you've got it all figured out and you've got this life thing down. Now, we've all struggled with this one way or another. We've all struggled with finding who we are or thinking we've got it all figured out. And that's why I've titled my message tonight, Who Am I? Now, I want to start by reading out of John chapter 8, verse 44. And this is Jesus talking about the enemy. Jesus says, He was a murderer from the beginning, and he has nothing to do with the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, I want to begin my message tonight by speaking on the lies of the enemy versus the truth of the Lord. Now, you may not think so, but the lies of the enemy and the truth of the Lord operate in similar ways. Now, let me explain this a little bit. The enemy will place lies in your mind, which can cause your thoughts to be your downfall. If you choose to believe the lies of the enemy, these lies will spread through your mind and manifest your thoughts and spread through you like a disease. You'll begin to have a very negative outlook on life, and you'll become more vulnerable to the temptations of the world and the temptations of the enemy. And this disease will spread from you infecting other people around you. However, the Lord will place truth in your mind 
and in your heart, building you up. So if we choose to believe the Lord's truth, this truth will manifest our thoughts and ignite the flame that the Lord has placed in our hearts. And it will spread through you like a wildfire. You'll begin to have a very positive outlook on life, a light to those around you. And your words and your actions will reflect Jesus. And this fire will spread from you to those around you, allowing the Lord to ignite the flame that he has placed in their hearts. And guys, ultimately, you will long for more of God. Now, remember at the beginning of this message, when I asked you if you've ever felt like you don't know who you are, or if you've ever felt like you have it all figured out, well, there's a word for this. Identity. Now, guys, identity is one of the biggest areas that the Lord likes to attack us in and lie to us about. Now, there are two types of people here tonight. Those who have been attacked by lies of comparison and those who have been attacked by lies of pride. Now, I was one of those attacked by comparison. I am a living example of the lies of the enemy in our lives. So, when we believe the lies of comparison, doubt will begin to fill our minds. We will constantly be searching for who we are, where we fit in. When the enemy fills our minds with this doubt, then he completely strips us of our identity altogether. And not only that, but there is a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Comparison is the thief of joy. So when we believe the lies of comparison, the enemy doesn't only take our identity, but he takes our joy. And then there's those of us who have believed lies of pride. Now, we all judge people. We're only humans. We all make judgments against others. But the enemy will twist these judgments into pride. Now, when we believe the lies of pride, we begin to find a false identity in our achievements and our successes. Now, I want to give some examples of some of these lies of the enemy from comparison and pride. Some lies of comparison. The enemy will tell you that you're not unique. He will tell you that you're not as good as Brady. You're not as good as Janae. You're not as good as you fill in the blank. He will just tell you that you're not good enough. And one of the greatest enemies that the lies that the enemy has for our generation is you are too young to be great. And then there's lies of pride. The enemy will tell you things like, you are better than everyone else. And he will tell you that you are too good. Too good for your friends, for your parents. Too good for your leaders. Too good for the gospel. Too good to listen to God. And the enemy will even tell you that you are so good that you are beyond what DSM has to offer. See, DSM, when you feel like you are below everyone else, or when you feel like you have it all figured out, that is when you need God the most. But I'm here to tell all of you tonight that you don't have to believe these lies from the enemy. God is always standing right in front of us, speaking the truth. We just haven't been listening. Now guys, the Lord will tell you that you are unique and he has a plan for your life. 
he will tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. And this goes for guys and girls. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. And he will tell you, most importantly, you are never, never too young to be great. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers. Set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So who are you? The truth comes straight from the word of God. Number one, you are sons and daughters of the living God. 2 Corinthians 6.18 The King of kings and Lord of lords is your father. You are his children. Number two, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. Psalm 139.14 Guys, you are made in God's image. That is why you are so precious to him. And finally, number three, God has a plan for each and every one of you. And you will all do great things for the kingdom. Jeremiah 29, 11. Now guys, if there's anything that you get out of this message tonight, I just want you to hear this. There is more truth in the word than lies in the world. Now, before I finish tonight, I just want to pray over you guys real quick. I just want to pray that you would no longer have to be searching for your identity and, or that you would no longer find your identity in the world, in your friends and your successes, but that the Lord would remind you tonight that your identity is in Jesus Christ. So Lord, I just lift up all of DSM to you right now, God. Lord, I lift up every single person in this room, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that you would fill their hearts right now, God. Fill their minds with your truth, God. I pray against any attacks of the enemy in their life, against any lies of the enemy, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you would remind them that their identity is in you, God. You and you alone. That you, They are sons and daughters of you, Lord God. You are their father. And Lord, I pray that you would remind them you have a destiny for each and every one of them, Lord God. And Lord, I just pray that your love would just surround them, Lord God. And I pray that you would fill them with a peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord God. And that you would be with them. You would remind them you have always been with them. You are with them right now in this moment. And you always will be with them, Lord God. I thank you for each and every person in this room. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. is more truth. Oh, God, I'm going to preach that. Y'all might hear that at conference. There is more truth in the word than there is lies in the world. Won't that just preach all day long? Come on. Such a blessing. Thank you, Courtney, for reminding us of who God says we are.
Hey, for our next speaker tonight, once again, I want you to give a wild applause. You saw him up here. He's normally doing his thing, dancing somewhere. He's so talented, so gifted. We love him so much. One of our amazing junior high students. You're going to be hearing so much from this kid. He is anointed. I'm excited to hear what God has shared with him. He's already shared it with me a few months ago, and it's powerful. So stand to your feet really quickly, and let's all welcome Mr. Caden Riles. Caden. Hi, DSM. I'm Caden Riles. I'm an eighth grader at the Classical Academy. And I feel like God has really been putting something on my heart that I really would like to share with you guys. And so the title of my message tonight is called You Be You. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, my family, and I. We love sports. Any sport. I've played everything. I've played football, baseball, basketball, wrestling, soccer, anything you can think of. But I was never very good. First of all, because of, well, my size. And second of all, because if you've ever seen me run, I am not fast at all. Um, so... I really wanted to be good at football. I saw others value people for how good they were at sports. So I really wanted to be great. And not only did I have that, I had my brother who, he is now playing college football. And so I always looked up to him. I, oh, I wanted to be like him because I saw others treat him cool. And everybody wants to be cool. You can't say that you don't want to be cool. And... So sports just did not come easy for me. Sports never made me feel worthy. I would always make kids run because I was too slow. One time, coach said, you have to run around the field in four minutes or else you have to run one more time. Guess what? I came in last. I made the whole team run again. So that really made me sad because I wanted to be good at football. And so my friend, he's six foot two. He's younger than me. And um, this is his shoe compared to mine. He is great at every single sport he tries his hand on. So one time I was going up against him in a tackling drill. And I heard the coach pass by him secretly and say, hey, go easy on him. Oh, and so that just really got to my heart, and I was, I was so sad, because I really wanted to be like other people, but that wasn't for me, and so this past year, I tried to play football one more time, my eighth grade year, and I got third string. I was trying to be quarterback like my brother. I got third string, and every, I would get yelled at because I wouldn't do things right. I didn't know how to play the game well. And so the one game, the first string quarterback got hurt. I was getting ready. I was, oh, yeah. And then the second string quarterback got hurt. So I went up to coach. I was like, coach, I'm ready. Can you put me in? He said, no, Caden, I don't want you to get hurt. 
once again, I was shut down because of my size. And so that night, I came home. I was super distraught and sad. I was like, coach doesn't want me on the team, thinking a whole bunch of lies. And God just said, Caden, football is not for you. Wow. And so that night, I was reading in 1 Samuel, and I happened to come across 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That really, really impacted me. Because I had always seen people as cool for playing sports, cool for being big and good at sports. But that scripture made me realize that I don't have to be big and fast to do what God wants me to do. So my first point tonight is don't strive in an area you were not designed for. So after that, I really, God really started revealing my true talents. I'd always been good at music, but I never really tried hard at it. And people started coming up to me and saying, Caden, that's cool. Can you play that again? And so I just started playing music more. And I just used to dance in my room just for fun. And then I started showing people things like, whoa. And they'd be, whoa, Caden, that is so cool. Can you do that again? And auditions for acting started opening up for me. And right now, I am so happy. I am not comparing myself to others. I'm not seeing how good others are at sports. I'm seeing what God made me to do. So my second point is, joy is found in being in God's will. And God gives everybody talents. No matter what you say, you have a talent. Whether it's making people smile, maybe. Maybe you're the smartest in your class. Maybe you are good at sports, and that is what God has given you. And so, James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So, every good and perfect gift. God gives you a perfect gift. And I sincerely believe with my heart that everybody has a gift from God. And so my final point tonight is pray about who you are supposed to be. Pray about what God wants you to do. Pray about what your talents are. Maybe you don't know what your talents are and you just want God to tell you. He will tell you. And so my final scripture is Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So God gives you plans. So us as DSM need to stop comparing ourselves and trying to be good at someone else's talents. And so, so I'm just going to pray for you guys tonight that you will pray about who you are supposed to be. God, I just pray for DSM tonight. I pray that they will stop trying to live out other people's talents, that they will find their true identity in what you have given them, God. I pray that they will not be sad if they're not good at something, that they will just realize that that is not their talent, God. And I just pray for them, God, in Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, are you guys being blessed right now for real? Come on. Such, such powerful truths imparted there, man. Stop striving for something you didn't, God never created, purpose intended you to be or do. That is such a powerful word. And I'm, I'm just being so blessed as well. Um, it's cool because as we, as the, as these guys kind of planned, I mean, just the Holy Spirit kind of gave them, we didn't give them topics or anything to say. So I cannot wait to introduce our final preacher of the night tonight. He's going to close us out. Once again, a wild applause. Get on your feet for none other than Pastor Brady Flynn. DSM. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name's Brady Flynn. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, it's an absolute honor to be with you guys tonight to close out following two absolutely solid sermons. Courtney, uh, one of my absolute best friends, she got me to DSM my freshman year. I'm a senior now at Pine Creek. Uh, quick shout out to my Eagles. Um, and DSM's been my place these past four years. It's been my place to get poured into through things like Samuel's call, through any opportunity, <laughs> amen, uh, through any opportunity, and then also my place where I've chosen to pour out through opportunities like this. Um, people often have come up to me and said, wow, Brady, you're such a happy person. I'm like, okay, I can respond to that. I can conjure up some answer. Usually I have a good day. But, uh, ever, <laughs> but ever since I really have come to know Jesus, people have started saying, Brady, you're such a joyful person. And that got me so stumped because I didn't know if there was any difference. And that's my goal tonight is for us to unpack the difference between happiness and joy. And this all really started, this journey God's been taking me on, um, with a quote from Ring Collective that I came across about a year ago. And it reads, happiness is an emotion, a superficial response to pleasant circumstances. But joy is so much greater. It's a spiritual discipline. That got me. That got me deep. It got my conversations. It got every bit of my mind, and I couldn't shake it off, and I'm so thankful for it. Um, my title tonight for my message is The Spiritual Discipline of Joy. Because, like any other discipline, joy takes intentionality, and it takes a certain grasp on what the truth of God is. So the most ground-level um, difference that I have come across between happiness and joy is as like is to love, happiness is to joy. So clearly, there's a huge difference, and we can't just throw words around so reluctantly, or however we want to do it, when there's such power and weight to joy. 
And we don't even have to look too far to see why this is so important, because negativity is everywhere we look in our culture. Uh, it's even gotten into the church, and we're supposed to be the people that look so different than the world, but even we choose so often to live lives of negativity when we're supposed to be walking in the fullness of joy. Because it's utterly important, DSM, to realize that we behold something that the world cannot offer. The world cannot offer this joy. So this kind of leads to my first truth of joy, is that God is the only source of true joy. Because if we can agree that there's no true love apart from Jesus, no true peace apart from Jesus, no true faith apart from Jesus, no true salvation apart from Jesus, we shouldn't be so ignorant to think that we can find joy apart from Jesus himself. And Jesus was our example. In John 15, after speaking of remaining in his love, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And it's found time and time again in the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. It just shouts to us that joy has never been found in the world. Joy is not found in the world. And joy will not be found in the world. But then where is joy even found? Because we're kind of stuck then. But in Psalm 1611, it says it plainly, yet so powerfully, that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And the world is going to offer us counterfeit after counterfeit, but we just have to come to the reality that it is only in his presence that there's going to be the fullness of joy. Mm. And that's going to lead me into my second point tonight, is that joy is more than just for you. And this kind of came out of a personal conviction that I've had. So now when people come up to me and they say, Brady, you're such a happy person, I get, this is a door to spread the gospel where I get to say something along the lines of, no, I'm not a happy person. My life has its ups and my life has its downs. But I choose joy because I know God is offering the fullness of joy before me. So I'm not going to let these little things in life get me down. It's pretty simple. It's as simple as that. And do you see how joy then can become such a beautiful door for spreading the gospel? Because it looks just so countercultural to everywhere we look. Because joy is not just a personal little treat that God has given to us, just for us to have. Because when we, ha when we realize that we have the absolute fullness of joy before us, and no matter how hard you try, you have a cup, and that's the absolute most you're going to take in in a day, even with the fullness before you be in an absolute ocean, it would be a waste if we didn't give it out at every circumstance that we have. Because joy is so attractive. It is so attractive to this world. And in the midst of negativity, joy shines forth. Because, and I'm going to read out of Matthew 5. It, you've probably heard it before, but I mean, I came to DSM my first time, and people said that, and I haven't read it before. So <laughs> um, I'm going to read out of Matthew 5, 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in their house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Joy, if used intentionally and with discipline, 
will continue to throw gasoline on your fire, gasoline on your lamp, to the point where you try to cover it up. You're not going to be able to. You're going to burn yourself if you try to cover your own joy. But it's going to shine, and it's going to shine bright, because joy becomes an addiction to you to the point where you can't live your life without joy, so that it just shines to everyone, and they want it. Joy is attractive to this world. And this is going to lead me into my third point tonight, uh, my third truth of joy, is that joy cries out, go. And the books of Psalms really does show this beautifully, that this is the Father's desires for every single person to be filled with joy. By every person, I mean you, I mean me, your brother, your sister, your mother, your, the, every person you pass in school, your administrators, your teachers, every person in China, every person in Africa, every person even yet to hear the gospel. It is God's will, the Father's heart, for us to walk in his fullness, to be in the fullness of joy. And a single example that we see in the Psalms is in Psalm 66, 1 and 2. It says, to see them shout for joy to God, all the earth, sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. And I'd highly recommend reading through the Psalms and seeing how repetitive God's joy is because it's so his desire to the world. Because, guys, we can't grasp the fullness of joy until we're willing to let it become more than for us only and make an intentional decision to shine it forth in the world. Because when we realize that we have eternal joy before us, but you pass hundreds of people in your day-to-day life, and there are billions of people in the world that have an eternity of suffering, that distancing should create an ache in your heart, and it should launch us into mission. And don't get me wrong, this is not a mission to make people happy. We do not need more motivational speakers in this world. No, this is a mission for them to meet their Savior and thus be walking in the fullness of joy that God has to offer them. But I want to focus back, not just on the gift, but on the giver as I close up my message tonight. Because Jesus himself walked with this, this fixed mindset on joy. It says in Hebrews 12, 2, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him, he suffered the most horrendous death for us, but it was worth it. Because his eyes were fixed on joy, and now he's walked through suffering into victory. He did something with the fullness of joy. He did something, but what does that even look like in our life? Well, maybe it looks like when we're at school, and it seems like everyone and their mother is complaining about a test. And then you realize you're complaining about a test. And that is so menial, so menial in the realm of eternity. But you have a greater mindset on joy that you don't let a test get you down. <laughs> or maybe it's, some, maybe it's something more than that because we all really do have hard days. Maybe the world has thrown all its hat at you, but joy is not just shoving that all down and ignoring it. Joy is having heart knowledge that in his presence there is fullness of joy. Thus you take everything the world has thrown at you and you make an intentional decision to step into his presence. You get before his word, you get before him in worship, and you get before him in prayer, and you give it to him and you get filled with the fullness of joy. And it's, it's weird, as I finish up, to think that I'm graduating, that my time at DSM is coming to an end. Because, 
Because I really love this place. I'm not saying that as a lie. I love this place. But I hope if I make any impact here, it's that I will see all of us walking in a greater level of joy in our day-to-day. So I just have some questions to leave you hanging on, to let you chew on in the following days. First being, will you deny the joy this world has to offer and choose to accept his fullness? Will you joyfully shine forth Jesus? And this one is very personal to you. But what will you do with this joy set before you, this joy that Jesus had set before him, now you have this joy set before you, what are you going to do with it? Because it's a powerful thing, guys. So I'm just going to close this out in prayer tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much that you have lavished joy upon this youth group, Jesus, that we are ones that you have called to walk in the fullness of joy. So God, we ask that you impart the fullness of joy, Jesus, in your presence, Jesus. May we not lie to ourselves. May we not think otherwise that we can find joy anywhere else. But may you show us, may you manifest joy in our lives in the day-to-day and make us different than what the world has to offer. And may many people come to know Jesus because this is will become a youth group that radiates the joy of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. you guys so tonight you are you are the most encouraging where y'all at every other Wednesday night y'all are the most encouraging people to preach the word of God for you know we heard so many things we are so many things and we heard so many truths we are so many truths tonight and I just want to give you a few moments here in our last 10 minutes together to respond to the Lord And I want you to really think and just consider, okay, what was it? Gosh, there was so much meat. There was so much word in each of their messages. I mean, from the very beginning, identity, who am I? Who are you? Are you allowing God's truth to burn in your heart? Or are you believing the lies of the enemy? Or like Caden was telling us, are you so wrapped up in comparison and doing other things and not even seeing the treasured things that God has placed on the inside of you? Hey, everybody standing real quick. Everybody stand up. My friends in this section, stand up. Are you allowing yourself to be so caught up with the comparison of, gosh, man, what they're doing for God is so great. I don't have anything to offer. I don't really have anything to give. Or is your real struggle joy? Joy is your inheritance. Joy is a promise that God has given to every single one of us. So just kind of, where are you guys tonight? As the worship team just gets ready to play here and just kind of lead us as we're already in the presence of God. I really want you to contemplate tonight. Where are you? Where are you in this journey? What are you doing? What's going on in your world? Do you need an infusion of joy in your life again? Are you struggling with this truth? Are you struggling with comparison? Are you struggling with actually believing the things that God has to say about you? Every head bow, every eye closed. We can bring down the lights just a bit. And as you just kind of think about this for a moment, Just allow the Holy Spirit just to examine your heart. 
and say, man, is there, is there any area, is there anything that, man, I, I just need to lay down tonight. I just, I need to lay it down at the foot of the cross. I need to lay down the lies of the enemy. I need to bring those lies to the cross tonight. See, your freedom is going to be found at the cross. Joy is going to be found at the cross. He who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Joy will be found in this place tonight if you're willing to give those things over. Or just not even thinking, gosh, what is it? Your purpose, your destiny, your gifts, your identity will be found at the cross tonight. So every head bow, every eye closed. Gosh, if you just say... I need to have an exchange tonight. I need, I need to meet with Jesus for a few minutes here tonight. I hear him speaking to me. It's so evident that he's working in me, that he's, he's wanting to do something in me tonight. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hands. He's going to meet you, you guys. so many of us tonight (laughs) you're brought to this place tonight here for a purpose I don't care if you've been coming every single week for the last or if it's your first time what I want to give you an opportunity to do is because we only have a few minutes left if your hands are raised I just want you to come and meet me right down here at this altar tonight and you can come and just have a moment where you say okay I am laying down this and it can be whatever whatever it is which whatever part of the message spoke to you where you say gosh reject whatever it is I am late I, I need to come I'm stepping out and I'm laying that thing down at the cross tonight and in exchange I know that Jesus is going to meet me and so as we just enter into a time of worship here for a few minutes some of our leaders are going to come around we're going to pray for you we're going to ask the Lord to complete that great exchange with you even tonight Just have a moment with him. You just, even in your own words, just say, Lord, this is the thing. This is, this is what I need to lay down tonight. Just have a moment with him. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.